the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today we're going to be talking about doctors on sale. Is medical tourism for you? With the high price of gas, food, and medical care, it's very tempting to look for bargains not only in clothes and, and uh, well, and gas and, and food and whatever else uh, seems way too expensive these days, but also in medical treatment, even when it means traveling halfway around the world for this medical treatment. And the question is, is this actually a bargain or are you risking your life? Today, medical tourism is getting more and more popular every day, but there is also a dark side that you need to be careful about. So we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly from today's guest, who is the expert on the matter. His name is Dr. Paul Gallinger. He's a physician, he's a medical school professor, and he's the author of the new book, Medical, The Medical Tourism Travel Guide. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You know, I, I was amazed that you have um, traveled to and studied medical tourism in 120 qu- countries. You actually, did you mean, did you actually travel to 120 countries or? or? Yes, I know it sounds a little excessive. Um, I didn't uh, travel to those countries specifically to study medical tourism. That occurred later on. Uh, but I did uh, do quite a bit of traveling both before I went to medical school. I was an anthropologist, um, and also when I was younger, of course, I was part of the you know the the big brigade who traveled through Asia and um, parts of Africa just as an adventurer. And then later on, um, uh, after I became a doctor, I worked overseas in quite a few locations, all the way from South Africa to Antarctica to Alaska. And then I became interested in medical tourism about three years ago. And it happened kind of uh, as a bit of an accident. Um, I was in Singapore looking at their healthcare system for other reasons. Um, I was invited to go there to discuss um, issues result, uh, about the um, uh, uh, various problems in Indonesia because, you know, Singapore has a bit of a... Um, a paternalistic role toward the rest of Southeast Asia. They're mm. very sophisticated. Indonesia's very poor. So Singapore sort of um, uh, provides a lot of the services. And when I was there speaking with them, I heard about medical tourism. Everyone was talking about it, about how uh, Asians and people in the Middle East and Europe were coming to Singapore for advanced treatment. Mm. And I became fascinated by it, started to study it, and then spent two years basically um, visiting a lot of countries. So the 120 countries, well, that's total. Um, and that came about once, actually, when I had I was in Antarctica and had a lot of time on my hands, and I was chatting with a geologist about all the places we visited, and we decided to count them up. <laughs> and that's what it came to. 
Huh. Well, okay. Um, did did you do you? Well, why don't we why don't we start with the um, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly? I mean, do you have? Did you yourself, or anyone in your family, or or people who you were close to, um, ever go somewhere else for medical treatment? No, and actually, this is. Uh, one thing that does make me sort of distinctive among all the people or almost all the people writing about medical tourism, most people who have written either stories or online accounts or books, um, almost all of them learned about it by first-hand experience. So a typical example would be um, someone is traveling in Asia, they end up uh, being in a you know a motor vehicle accident, right. they get treated, they realize oh, my God, the treatment here is so much better and phenomenally cheaper than it is back home. And they see that there are others there from Europe actually coming there for treatment, and they end up writing about it. And there are, there are a number of books out now um, that have just come out in the last couple of years that are basically like that. Um, one of them, actually the name just slips my mind, is about uh, written by a woman who, um, with her husband, went to India for... Um, Heart surgery, you know. So these are basically, um, in a sense, a memoir. Uh, but then looking at this whole new phenomenon, uh, mine is very different. You know, I decided to take uh, more of an academic approach and study this whole phenomenon, and that's why my book is not a memoir. You know, it's not a single study case mm-hmm. where here we went to India and found these phenomenal hospitals, or we went to Thailand and had this surgery. Instead, uh, my book looks at the whole global phenomenon of medical tourism and looks at 50 different countries. Okay, um, and, and how did you okay, how did you how did you go from there? Once you picked, I mean, how, well, first of all, how did you pick the 50 countries? Well, I started I first learned about it in Singapore. Now, Singapore, of course, is extremely advanced. Uh, they're technologically even more advanced than the United States. It's just incredible. Um, Singapore, as you know, is a small island country. Even though it is a full country, the entire island would probably fit into a county in the United States. Mm. It has about, I think, 6 million people or so, and it's very, very high-tech. And the Singapore government says that they have to be on the leading edge because they have nothing else to fall back on Mm. for their economy. So... They pour enormous sums of money into research, and they're very, very advanced in biomedical and bioengineering research. Um, So they have a lot of superb hospitals, but of course, they have a small population. So a a large percentage of their patients come from overseas. They come from all over the world just to have treatment there. This is where I found out about it. Then I realized that, in fact, the phenomenon was far greater in Thailand and Malaysia and India. And I started studying it out of curiosity. Then I became absolutely fascinated by it, not just because it's an interesting topic, because I really see this as the future. It's, it's a major change in the whole world health system. Um, a, lot of pe- a lot of people are familiar with Thomas Friedman's book, The World is Flat. And what he talks about in that book um, is how a lot of industries have gone international. They've been outsourced. So whereas in the past, 
you would have, say, uh, developed countries that make manufactured products, and they, and then you would have less developed countries that make raw materials. And that's been kind of the historical pattern, mm-hmm. you know, the colonial pattern. Right. For example, um, you know, we buy uh, things from other countries and then we manufacture them here and then sell them back to them at a big profit. Uh, well, Thomas Friedman says what's been happening is that a lot of this manufacturing is now outsourced because labor's cheaper. For example, Nike, they make their shoes in countries like Honduras mm-hmm. where they can pay people... Uh, a much, much smaller salary than they pay people here. You know, Walmart, of course, most of their products come from China. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other, uh, all of the computer firms um, have the majority of their work done in places like India and Bangalore. If you go to Bangalore in India, that, that's a small city in southern India, you drive along the road and you see every major computer firm uh, Microsoft, IBM, Apple, they're all there. It's incredible. It looks like Silicon Valley. <laughs> and so Thomas Friedman wrote about this phenomenon, about how the whole world was becoming much more integrated and the old um, economic disparities were breaking down. And that's what he meant by saying uh-huh. the world is flat. It's interesting that he said the one service that would never be outsourced is medical care. Hmm. And he thought that was because that required, you know, physical proximity between the physician and the patient. And I think he was absolutely wrong on that account. And apparently since then he's changed his mind. Uh, A friend of mine who knows him uh, told me that he's since changed his mind Mm -hmm. about that. But to me, it became very clear that medical service is the next service to be outsourced. So, for example... In the United States, you know, we, we don't have our shoes made here anymore. Almost all of them are made somewhere overseas. Who knows where? You know, Malaysia, China, you know, South America, Central America. Um, well, I think the same is going to happen with medical care. Well, except, except it, it, <laughs> that works for when you have, like, surgery or um, something that isn't uh, a chronic problem. I mean, it's true that, like, for something like diabetes, let's say, you can't fly to Singapore every, I mean, people aren't flying, let's say, to Singapore every month for a diabetes checkup, are they? Right. So clearly there are a lot of things it won't work for. Not yet. I think it will actually in the future. But that's getting to be a, a little bit more of another subject and more of a futuristic subject. I mean, let's look at what's happening mm-hmm. right now, though. Let's say that um, you're a skier. I live in Salt Lake City. Uh, we have a lot of ski injuries, of course, and the mm-hmm. typical injury for skiing, football, soccer, all these in, all these sort of sports injuries are uh, an ACL tear, which is uh, uh, the uh, ligament in the knee that is most likely to be torn. Now, here in the United States, uh, getting that repaired surgically can easily cost around $8,000 or so. If you need a, a knee replacement, as so many of our sports figures do, or elderly people, you know, they get arthritis, the knees grind down, they eventually need a knee replacement. That can cost $50,000. Mm-hmm. A hip replacement, so many of our elderly need hip replacements. A hip replacement average cost in the United States is $53,000. dollars mm-hmm. In Bangalore, in India, a hip replacement is $5,000. Hmm. 
tremendous difference. But does it walk differently? <laughs> it works better. No, does it walk differently? Oh, does it walk? I'm sorry. Well, the, I mean, you end up, that would be funny. Uh, all of a sudden, you can squat and eat. <laughs> I'm making a poor right. joke. Right. Um, no, the, the truth is, here, if you go to a, for a hip replacement, you, you will go to a hospital and you'll have an orthopedic surgeon who does hip replacements, knee replacements, you know, rotator tough cuff tears in the shoulder, etc. In India, you would go to the hip resurfacing center in Bangalore, Mm. which is a brand new hospital. I've toured it, state of the art, and they do nothing but hip replacements. So they are superb quality. their, Their quality is unmatched. In fact, they do procedures there that are only just starting to be done here. They do a brand new procedure called hip resurfacing, where instead of taking the entire hip out, they just sort of put a Teflon-type cap over the hip, uh-huh. which means you can be out walking a few days later. Hmm. It's, it's, it's just starting to happen here. Um, most of the United States is still more traditional. Well, let's, uh, we do need to take a break, um, but that's fascinating. You know, it's also, I'm, I'm thinking how we don't really hear about this here, and uh, like it's a well-kept secret, I guess, so that the medical um, empire is still being fueled with people, uh, people coming here. Well, we'll talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about doctors on sale is Medical Tourism for You with my guest, Dr. Paul Gallinger. He's the author of The Medical Tourism Travel Guide, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Carrie Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Carrie Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Carrie Douglas Show. Join Carrie each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. 
www.drcarol.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with my guest today, Dr. Paul Gallinger. He is a physician, a medical school professor, and the author of a new book called The Medical Tourism Travel Guide. And today we're talking about doctors on sale is medical tourism for you. We're all trying to find ways to economize these days as the economy looks, as there's there's a new story every day um, all pointing towards the economy looking bleak. Now the question is, can we save money on health care? And my guest, Dr. Gallinger, says yes. So we were talking. Um, we, you were giving the example of of hips and how much and how in in foreign some foreign countries there are whole hospitals de- devoted to that and at at much less of a cost. Um, what about plastic surgery? You know that's something that well it was booming. That's actually suffering a little bit now in the economy because you know it's not something that's life threatening. Um, how, where, what are some of the better countries for plastic surgery, and and how does that work? Well, it's interesting that you mention that because plastic surgery has probably driven the entire medical tourism industry, hmm. and the main reason for that is that insurance typically doesn't cover cosmetic surgery. Insurance will cover some types of plastic surgery. For example, if you're in an automobile accident and disfigured, uh, then the insurance uh, might cover uh, the, the, the surgery for that. But, for example, insurance wouldn't cover for breast implants or uh, any kind of uh, procedure like that or a facelift. So that meant that people wanting these procedures in the United States would have to pay very high amounts to get them. You know, breast implants might be, say, eight or $10,000. And breast implants are very, very fashionable. And, and uh, the bad economy doesn't seem to have hurt it too much. Now, it's possible to go to facilities in Thailand, and they specialize in these types of cosmetic surgery. They are state-of-the-art. They're as good or better than any place in the United States, and the irony is that the physicians who do the the procedures there were trained in the U.S. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas often in the U.S., the physicians who do this surgery were trained in Asia. It's really a curious phenomenon. So you may actually get better care by American-trained physicians in Thailand. And, of course, it's a fraction of the price, and there are many other benefits. Um, for one, you can stay at a resort while you're getting the surgery. For another, you can have multiple types of surgery. You can have your teeth done as well. In mm-hmm. Thailand, dental work is typically done in the same hospital. They don't, you know, they don't separate dental clinics like we do here. Um, you can have your whole family treated at the same time. Um, there are a number of other benefits. And, well, uh, but but what, what about um, when, you know, there are complications? Let's say you're in Thailand for, some kind of, for a breast implant, and then there's a complication, and you actually need them to be not only good in plastic surgery, but let's say in cardiac surgery or just treating, you know, um, cardiac arrest. Well, certainly could have that done there, too, but I, I think you, you've touched on the major concern. Here, let's say uh, a woman has breast implants, and then let's say she develops a post-operative infection or okay. some other kind of reaction. Well, then it's just a matter of going right back to the surgeon and having that taken care of. Now, of course, it's a much bigger production to fly all the way back to Bangkok, Thailand, to have that done. And so... That's one of the major problems with medical tourism is what could be called follow-up care. How do you give follow-up care? And this has been an issue, especially in places where the care has been uh, maybe suboptimal, um, where people have had bad reactions and then they go to a doctor here and then the doctor in the United States says, well, I didn't do this surgery, Mm -hmm. so I want nothing to do with it. So that has been a big problem. Not very often, but certainly a scary enough issue to discourage some people from doing it. Well, now, while we're on the topic of plastic surgery, what about, um, I mean, when you were saying, for example, that some of the people, let's say in Thailand, are, were trained in the United States, but they, they are from Thailand, presumably, originally, mm-hmm. right? Most of them, yes. And so what about, not just to pick on Thailand, but like any country that, is different from one's own, um, unless one particularly wants to have a certain look, isn't there sort of the cultural difference? I mean, where where perhaps the sense of beauty in one culture is different from, from another culture? Well, that's an excellent point. Um, typically, the high... Uh, l- let me begin first by saying that, you know, medical tourism is a global phenomenon, and over 50 countries are now making it part of their economy because it's basically a resource just like any other resource. You know, it's a service. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there's a huge variability. Now, so let's, let's look at the high end. And the high end, I would say, would be Singapore, India, Thailand. Let's take Thailand in particular because it really all started with Thailand, the modern um, industry, in a sense, could be uh, said to have started in Thailand about 10 years ago. Mm. And that's where they first started building um, specialty centers just for Europeans and Americans, Mm. and to some degree, people from the Middle East, you know, where people have an awful lot of money and and the health services are not quite so good. So um, Thailand focuses on those people. So everything's in English. The physicians are all trained, usually in the United States, at top hospitals, places like Harvard and the Cleveland Clinic, 
Stanford, Columbia. Hmm. Um, they are the very best, um, and they focus on Americans. So they have American, you know, beauticians and, and stylists and, and surgeons, hmm. um, you know, focusing on what works for Americans. It's, it's an industry. You know, they're not really there for the Thai people. Uh-huh. You know, this is, this is a targeted industry. Hmm, that's very interesting. It's incredible because when you go there, it's amazing. It's, it's as if you went into a top-notch place in Beverly Hills, except that it's one-tenth of the price. Hmm. You know, what about, um, you're, you're not mentioning any of the South American countries. And, for example, I had heard that Brazil was a particularly good place to go for plastic surgery. Is that Yes, Brazil, a lot of countries have jumped into it because it's so lucrative. And let me explain why so many places have jumped into this industry. Um, in most countries, as you know, healthcare is somewhat socialized, as opposed to in the United States where it's basically privatized. Right. And this means that um, they're always struggling for, to be paid. You know, the, the patients in those countries uh, typically don't pay very much because healthcare is free or at a discounted cost, so the government pays for it. So they're always struggling for money. So they think, well, hey, here's a way to get some money. We'll treat foreign patients who pay cash in foreign currency. Hmm. So a lot of countries have jumped on the bandwagon, and Brazil, Argentina, um, Panama, uh, Costa Rica, uh, quite a few other countries in Latin America have gotten on this. And in Brazil, of course, uh, with the whole image, uh, plastic surgery is very, very popular. You know, so the idea of flying to Rio de Janeiro and having your plastic surgery done there, you know, while you stay at a resort, that can be very appealing. Now, the, the problem is that the quality control is not quite the same in all of these places, and there have been some bad reports coming out of there. Brazil and Argentina both have excellent uh, medical systems. They're very large countries. They have universities. But that doesn't mean that every service jumping into the uh, plastic surgery business mm. and, uh, is going to be equally reputable. Um, in Thailand, this has been going on longer, and the competition's much higher, and it, uh, it seems to be a little bit more um, reliable, in my mm. opinion. Well, yes. I mean, I guess maybe um, maybe when we come back from this break, we should talk about some of the um, some of the uh, tragedies that have occurred and how you suggest that people could avoid them. Absolutely. Um, because it's not all, you know. I mean, the idea of it's you're <laughs> now you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting a cut from any of this, are you? No, no, not at all. In fact. The whole purpose of my book, number one, is to say you need to do your homework. Number two, do not believe what you see on the Internet because those people are getting cuts Mm. from it. Mm. And that's why the whole focus of the book over and over again is contact the facility directly. Here's their phone number. The places on the Internet won't give you that information because that cuts them out of the loop. You mean like there are middlemen on the Internet trying Absolutely. to set up these, these trips? Well, let me put it very simply. The travel business, travel agencies, they're, they're basically history. 
there's still some travel agencies around, but, you know, the Internet's changed that, right? Right. When you and I get a ticket, what do we do? We probably go to orbits or something. Right. Okay, so the travel business is gone. A lot of those people have now gone into the medical tourism industry, where and they do the same thing they did before, except now it's it's our health care rather than simply the travel trip. Mm. And they take a cut from both ends, mm. especially from the place they're sending it to. They get a commission. They might get a 10% commission. So if they send somebody to some little hospital somewhere for a hip replacement that cost $8,000, well, that's their $800 commission. Uh-huh. Now, are they going to be concerned about quality assurance? No. Well, not... It may not be their highest priority, right? They're sending them you to wherever they get the commission from. So that's what I try to do in this book is explain how the whole thing works and how to make sure that you get quality care. Hmm, yes, it's obviously very tricky, and you do need to know. Um, I mean, you're not saying that every place, certainly, um, just because it's less expensive and overseas and, you know, that it's going to be better, that you do have to, I mean, I, I guess that's one of the scarier parts that that you can usually expect a certain minimum, at least, level of care in the United States, you know, even in the worst places. And I guess um, because a lot of countries don't have uh, as close surveillance, you can sort of wind up in, in more dangerous kinds of situations. Absolutely. I mean, we also have some bad care in the U.S., but at least in the U.S., there's accountability. There's mm-hmm. malpractice. There are standards. There are also standards overseas, but you need. do you know which hospitals have, are accredited and which ones are not? Do you know which services are accredited and which ones are not? That's really what the book explains. Mm-hmm. You mean because there are certain ones that are accredited? They do. There is- Absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay, well, we do need to take another break, but this is fascinating. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Dr. Paul Gallinger. His book is The Medical Tourism Travel Guide, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time. When pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance, tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about doctors on sale is medical tourism for you. And I'm sure you're asking yourself that question as you listen more to my guest, Dr. Paul Gallinger. He is the author of the Medical Tourism Travel Guide, telling us all you want to know and don't and don't want to know or should know about medical tourism. It's really um, fascinating. What um, before the break, we were I was starting to ask you about some tragedies, just so you know the good, the bad, and the ugly, just like to have a little ugly in here. Sure. Because to, to warn people that it's not all, um, there are lots of pitfalls. So go ahead. Besides losing, you know, besides money, it's, it's um, I mean, besides, it's great to get a bargain, but there are things to watch out for. So what are some of the tragedies that you know of? Well, I think that's a great approach, Carol. I think, let's look at it this way. I'll give you a little vignette of the ugly, the bad, and the good. Okay. We'll do it in reverse order. All right. Here's the ugly. Someone thinks, well, I can get my teeth done much, much cheaper with titanium uh, implants and veneers and a beautiful new smile, and I can do this for, say, $1,000 overseas rather than uh, $15,000 here. Right. So they go on the Internet, which is nowadays what everyone does. Uh, they find a number of places, hundreds really, and they pick one of them that looks especially attractive. They go over there. They end up at some horrible dental office that looks like it's uh, from the 1950s, and it's the old bait-and-switch tactic. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not getting quite to the place that they bargained for, but they've had to pay up front because that's what the website demanded. Um, they end up there. They get their dental work done. They have problems. They have horrible gum disease afterwards. It's a nightmare, okay? That has happened and many other things like that. Uh-huh. And then the usual response that they get is, well, you know, that's what you get when you go overseas. You don't know what you're getting. You know, there's no accountability. Who knows where these people got their degrees? You know, what is their certification? What's the quality control? You know, it's a crapshoot. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's the ugly part of it. And the American medical industry makes the most of it because, mm-hmm. of course, they're the ones who are most threatened by people leaving. You know, the most money in medicine comes from elective procedures. Mm-hmm. When a dentist does routine dental work, they don't get rich. When they do a whole new smile, restorative dentistry, that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. And those are the patients that they're going to be losing to overseas services. So they like these stories, and they make the most of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is, these things do happen. I don't think they happen quite as often as people hear about, but they, you know, they make a big uh, splash in the news. How do you avoid it? Well, there's a very simple way to avoid it. First off, don't believe what you see on the Internet. It costs nothing to put an Internet set up, a website up. It, you, for $5, you can put up a website, and you can say anything you like. Mm-hmm. So the reason I wrote this book is to show people how to go about it in a safe and reliable way. So how do you suggest doing that? Well, um, one is you contact the place directly. Okay, but... You don't but, go through an intermediary. But... Let's say somebody does call, let's, let's use the example of the, the 50s dental office. Let's say somebody calls that little clinic, little dental office or a little clinic, and you don't, know, you don't know what you're reaching, you don't know what's on the other end of the phone. How, That's true. Let's say they tell you all kinds of wonderful things. How do you know? Is there any way, in addition to reading your book, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Have you, you've rated all of these places. Yes. You know, you're quite right. It's not enough just to call them. The, the main reason I ask them to call them directly is because then they negotiate with them directly. So they're, they're paying the money to the yes. clinic after the treatment, not up front to some service who may not yes. even have a physical location. I guess the proper way to go about it, to be more specific, would be look at the book, look at some highly regarded facilities. Um, the Internet, now that I've told people not to go on the Internet, mm-hmm. Uh, the Internet will have some testimonials of other people who have gone there, um, and then you can call the place directly and th- negotiate the services. Well, okay, how did you, in your book, um, how did you go about rating the different clinics? Did you visit each one of them? Did you speak to patients? How did you rate them? All of them. I didn't really rate them, um, but I did select pace, places that I thought were a little bit more reliable. Uh-huh. So, for example... Let's say you don't have a lot of money, Um, you want some dental work, and you might like to go to Costa Rica. It's not that far. You can get a round-trip ticket for $700. You might like to visit Costa Rica anyway since it's so beautiful there, and you decide while you're there you'll have some dental work done. So I have spoken with the people who run uh, um, one of the dental services there, and... um, and I've included their information in the book. They seem very reliable. Uh, patients who have gone there have enjoyed it. They, there's been a very positive response. Um, so this would be one good possibility. Now, have uh, you? Do you speak? Have you spoken to the to patients themselves, or do you have yes. you? Yes, okay. I've spoken. I, I I've spoken to everyone. I've spoken to everyone from the hospital directors to the. Uh, uh, physicians, the nurses, the patients, the taxi drivers, mm-hmm. the receptionists, the directors of medical tourism, everyone involved, because I want to get everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. 
And I'll tell you who the best people to talk to usually is the nurses. They know everything. Hmm. Because they'll tell you the truth. Hmm. Boy, this must have taken you a long time to research. It took two years, but it was a lot of fun. Uh Uh-huh. It was fascinating. A good excuse to travel around the world again. Well, (laughs) you know, Carol, it sounds funny, uh, but... All I saw were airports and hospitals. <laughs> I, I, I was in Thailand four times, and I never even set foot on a beach. <laughs> so it's maybe not quite the... Uh, it, I mean, it, it was great, and I learned so much. I mean, it was fascinating because, you know, I'm a physician myself, so I enjoyed seeing what they were doing. And, and all, because I'm a physician, you know, I was invited sort mm-hmm. of into the inner sanctum and could speak with them, you know, into the, the OR. I could talk to the patients before and afterwards. I interviewed a lot of patients who were there. They were nervous. They are thinking about it and then sort of followed them through the process, mm. through the recovery period, and some of them were just ecstatic. I mean, I had people swear that they would never, ever again set foot in an American clinic or hospital. Well, you know, it's 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 really sad that um, in America, um, so many doctors are getting so um, uh, disillusioned and so depressed because of the the system with insurance and with Medicare and Medi-Cal and Medicaid and you know that that really they aren't being. I mean, it's it's sad. On the one hand, there are doctors who aren't being paid uh, fairly for their time and their services. On the other hand, there are some doctors who, who perform, especially doctors who perform procedures, who tend to overbill by um, calling something, you know, a more, a more complicated procedure than it was and things like that. But the average doctor is really struggling. It's, you know, the, the, the people who overbill and so on are, are sort of the, the fewer, that's a, a fewer, a smaller number, but the average doctor or most doctors are really suffering with the time constraints that they have now because, because of how little they're being paid, they can't afford to see people as long as they used to. And then that's causing um, patients to have a very negative experience, you know, to feel, uh, I mean, not only are expenses going up, but they feel as though doctors aren't personally caring about them as much as they used to when, when there were country doctors or, or private doctors that, didn't, that weren't overwhelmed with the numbers of patients because, you know, because they didn't have to worry about finances as much as they do today. So it's sort of a self-perpetuating system. There are people who are getting, feeling that they're not important to their doctor and that, and, and so they do get disgusted. I mean, it's not just about... So it's easy, in other words, to trade in their doctor for somebody in another country because they, they don't develop the connections that there used to be. Well, Carol, you've hit the nail right on the head. I mean, the, the biggest problem in the United States is third-party payment. That means that the doctor's not paid by you, the patient. They're paid by the insurance company. And, of course... The only way for the doctor then to make a living is to rush the patient through the system. And if they don't give particularly good care, it doesn't matter for, as far as their payment goes. Mm-hmm. And the, pa- the patient has almost no control over what goes on. Let me give you an example of the difference. Let's say mm-hmm. you need 
Or well, we we're going to have to leave people on a on a cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a great example. Okay, um, so stay tuned, and we'll hear back. We'll hear the example. We're talking today about um, doctors on sale. My guest is Dr. Paul Gallinger, who is the author of the book The Medical Tourism Travel Guide. So stay tuned, and we're going to get right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking about doctors on sale and medical tourism with my guest, Dr. Paul Gallinger. He's the author of the Medical Tourism Travel Guide. And before the break, he was just going to give us an example comparing um, medicine there in in the United States and in some uh, generic foreign country. <laughs> Carol, I think the very best way for a listener to really appreciate the difference would be to take a, a little vignette. Mm-hmm. So let's say that um, you're starting to have a lot of crampy abdominal pain and gas and nausea and sure enough, your primary care doctor, family doctor, says, you know what, it looks like you, know, you need gallbladder surgery. Okay, this is actually the second most common surgery in the United States. Hmm. So um, you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to go through that. Plus, of course, it's pretty expensive. It's going to run about five to $8,000. 
if you don't have insurance. And even with insurance, co-pays, deductibles, you're going to be out a few thousand dollars. So your friend also has the same issue. They go in the hospital. Uh, it's not a very pleasant experience. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night sick, try to get a nurse in the middle of the night. It's impossible. The doctors buzz in and out of your room and give you about three seconds of care. You know, you're in the system, right? So you think, well, let me try this overseas. So you buy a ticket, say, to Thailand. And uh, the ticket's about $1,500. Uh, you stay there at a beautiful resort right on the coast. Um, the resort is affiliated with the hospital, so they take you back and forth to all of your appointments. They do everything for you. It costs about $50 a day. Um, the, the surgery itself is about $1,500. Um, the doctor that takes care of you not only spends lots of time with you, but gives you his cell phone number <laughs> to call him anytime, 24-7. <laughs> and that is standard there. <laughs> you have one-on-one nursing, 24-7. That means you have a nurse assigned to you who does everything. They give you massages even. They bring you a Starbucks coffee when you want one. It's incredible. You're treated like royalty. And you have the surgery. They don't skimp on the pain medicine because they're not all terrified that you might be abusing the pain medicine. They they really treat you like a Hollywood star, and you stay in a resort, and when you're back home, you've ended up spending in total half of what you would have spent here. Well, That's the difference. Okay. Well, now, you look at that and you start to wonder, well, why would anybody not go there? And now, how, do you, how are you sure that you'll get that quality experience? Because you look at my book, you see the places. The places are fully accredited, internationally accredited. They're at a higher standard than that in the United States. What about cancer? Are, are well, there any countries that, like you, that, are, that are more advanced than the there United States? If you want that, the highest... Uh, right now, for example, if you need a bone marrow transplant, well, take a number because a lot of insurances will put you on delay after delay. It's bone marrow transplant in the United States costs about one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. It's going to be you're going to have to do tons of paperwork to even give permission. Overseas, they do it. They are actually more advanced, and part of that, I hate to say, is because of our own government. Uh, President Bush basically cut the funding and research for stem cell work, which is the leading edge of cancer um, uh, development treatment. Um, that has proceeded overseas. Now the, the uh, head of research in the world is in Thailand, Singapore, and South Korea. They are five years ahead of the United States now in stem cell work. Hmm. You know, it's, it's incredible. You can get stem cell transplants there. Um, that you, you cannot get here. Hmm. That's very interesting. Now, I know you also have as a goal, in addition to helping people um, with getting good treatment, you you think that um, you're also trying to help the American health care crisis. So what are you doing for that? Okay, this is my current project. Um, I took basically a couple of years off to research medical tourism, um, 
And uh, that's pretty much uh, done. The book is out. Now my venture is I think the American clinic system is completely dysfunctional and antiquated. You know, the very first clinic was built in 1907 by the Mayo Brothers. Now, of course, it's the Great Mayo Clinic. Mm -hmm. Before that, there were only doctors doing house calls and hospitals. That was the first clinic. They had a receptionist with some old magazines. Uh, the receptionist had a telephone to talk to the pharmacist, and the nurse did vital signs. And the doctor wrote your note to the paper chart. Well, here we are 100 years later, and guess what? It's the same. <laughs> it's incredibly expensive, and it's inefficient. So what I want to do is revolutionize the American medical system and bring it into the 21st century. It's called Metacruiser, and the website is www dot metacruiser dot com and metacruisers m e d i c r u i s e r it's medi and we use PT cruisers uh, as our vehicles so it's like cruiser so it's metacruiser now basically what metacruiser is is taking medicine into the twenty first century we will take an entire clinic and put it into a car and come to your house and you will have physician and even specialist physician treatment. And it can be as little as fifty dollars. How do you, okay? How do you get specialist treatment? Assume the person that comes out to the house is a is a general practitioner. No, no, there's no need anymore for a physician to come to the house. What we have is we do it through televideo conferencing. We set up a televideo conference with a physician, and our assistants, our medical assistants are, in a sense, the hands of the physician. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit much to explain, and the, the website goes much further, but this is the true next century of medicine. Metacruiser is going to do, uh, or rather I should say that the American Medical Clinic is going to go the way of Blockbuster. <laughs> you know Blockbuster video stores? Yeah. They may as well start soaping the windows if they haven't already. <laughs> it's history, right? I mean, with Netflix, with the other services... Uh, the, the era of video rental stores is over. You know, it's history. It's going to go the way of the, you know, the places that uh, put on horseshoes in the street. You know, they, it's going to go the way of the old horse and buggies. It's history. There's no need for a clinic anymore. We can do much more than a clinic right at your bedside at home, and we can do it for as little as $50. You're saying by using a, a webcam kind of device yes. and and um, having the specialist on the other end of the webcam and the patient That's on the other end and the, and the physician's assistant in the middle. That's right. I mean, exactly. with the patient. This is how it works. Is the, let's say you, you wake up in the middle of the night with a splitting headache right, and nausea. Well, right now, about your only chance is to go to the emergency room. There's not much else you can do. And when you go to the emergency room, here's what you get, a tired emergency doctor. Right. You're not going to get a neurologist, not unless you happen to be rich and famous. So not at 2 o'clock in the morning anyway. Right. So instead, you call up Metacruiser. Ten minutes later, a vehicle is there. They flip open a tablet computer, and you're talking to a physician. The physician thinks, hmm, maybe you should see a neurologist. You're instantly talking to a neurologist. The medical assistants have very advanced digital electronic equipment so that the neurologist can have all the information mm. they would have in the hospital. Mm. Now, where are you going to find a neurologist at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, that neurologist is in South Africa mm. where it's daytime. <laughs> 
So, you mean, instead of calling about your computer to India, you're now, you're now having doctors um, all over. I mean, it fits with all the medical tourism. Quite, that, that's a lovely fit. It is a good fit. <laughs> well, I will have to um, we'll have to talk more about this. It sounds interesting. I mean, I must say, though, that the the only fly in the ointment. I, I'm not sure how I feel about having uh, non physicians, you know, being the person on the other end uh, communicating things. I mean, doing setting up the test test instruments is fine, but I don't know. Physician assistants, in my experience, are not as well trained as they should be, or they're not substitutes for doctors. I think that's one of they're the problems in, in medicine. But this has just been fascinating. Again, um, the name of the book is The Medical Tourism Travel Guide. It's available everywhere books are sold and on Amazon and so on. The name of the um, new project of Dr. Gallinger is Metacruiser. He's the CEO of Metacruiser, and so the website is metacruiser.com. I'd like to thank you, Dr. Gallinger, for joining us, and and this has just been really fascinating. So thank thank you you again. It's nice to hear someone who, you know, obviously cares about patients and cares about quality, not somebody just sort of, um, you know, just doing a a survey of, of what hospitals there are. So thank you very much, and to all my listeners, it's something to think about, you know, but, but obviously not just jumping on a plane and going anywhere. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.